This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. We continue to troubleshoot for Spooko Studios, and if I'm going to give myself a 360 review, um, it might be that I've tried to run before I can walk. I've tried, Jack, to come through with a fully realised film and potentially a fully realised cinematic universe when I can barely write a short story without just sort of, you know, even in high school, just like re retelling the plot of a James Bond film or something like that. So I think I, I started on the athletics track when I should have really been in the sandpit. So what I'm going to suggest today is that if we're trying to figure out the next Spooko Studios adventure... One of the heart of horror films is your almost clickbaity style horrible image. And so I thought I'd just put a couple of images to you or you know, a couple of ideas for images and to see to see if we can chart a path through that to potentially find a way forward. Peach, I'm excited by this. And first of all, I'd like to add to your 360 review by mm. saying generally you're not supposed to contribute to your own 360 review. So... I thought 360 was it's wouldn't everything it be a around you. Oh, am I doing a 180 <laughs> review? Am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> the point is, everyone else comments on you. You're not supposed to be like, "Here's what I think about this." <laughs> so okay, well, my 180 review is marks for effort. Like that's fine. <laughs> marks for short, short burst of right, effort. Okay, but tell tell me about some of this imagery. Okay, firstly. I don't really have any super clear ideas, so we're just kind of jamming right now, all right? So you're just in a bit of an image jam, right? Um, we find a classic horror image by taking something usual and combining it with something gross, all right? So essentially, I'm going to take something gross or horrific and then we're just going to spin the roulette wheel of some normal stuff and see if we fight. So the like horror thing... So can I just yeah? ask, can I just ask, mm. so, so we're doing this live, you are just... Yeah, yeah, These yeah, are just yeah. coming well, off the dome. <laughs> My idea is spin this roulette wheel. Essentially, we're just going to see where we end up. So, a horror thing. Well, well, look, yeah, please. Well, look. Yep. Well, look. Can I? Can mm. I just have just a small timeout during this game? Yeah, hundred percent. Because I really feel like we haven't even started. But yes, yeah. That's, does that's the, well, does the game start when you actually play the game, or does the game start when you're like, "Hey, everybody, we're here at the game." Checkmate. You like you got me. Yeah, does, yeah. does Mario Kart start when you boot up the N64? Or does it start once the green light goes? I mean, it's a philosophical question. That's what our film should be about, actually. That's the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we should get into but that. But the reason why is it's like I'm actually into mm. this game, but mm. I'd love to reintroduce our guest. Yes. Because because I think he's going to have a lot to add. And yes. I think it's really important that he's part of this game because in the last episode, I subjected this guest to some images that, I kind of wish, I mean, I wish I haven't, hadn't seen them and I made him watch them as well. Uh, mm. I'm amazed he decided to join us again after yes. his previous episode, but I'm glad he did. He's our resident special effects expert, Will Reichelt. Will, thank you so much for coming back. 
Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks, Peach. Thanks, Tom. And we should just mention Will's working on a project that we really can't tell you about and that makes it really cool and exciting. But, no, but I don't even know if we, we might even have to actually just cut oh, that okay, out. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he's not working. He's budging. <laughs> he's not doing anything. But, 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 mm. what Will does day to day mm. is make world-class level special effects. Mm. So if anyone is going to be a good judge of a spooko horror image, it's yes. Will. So, yes, obviously, Peach, I'm going to help you out, but it's really important we have uh, Will's input as well. Before we continue, though, mm. Will, I do have to ask, it's been a couple of months, do you feel like The Sadness, the last film we made you watch, mm. has affected you on any level? I don't think about it at all, to be honest. Um, <laughs> no, it's. It, I, I'm happy to, to let that kind of um, sink back into the depths of time and never think about it ever again. Amazing. All right. Okay. Well, look, we're going to play this game because this is coming from the top of the dome from Paige. Will, do you have any pointers for Paige about making a memorable screen image? I don't know what this game is. <laughs> okay, no, 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 no. I like, don't know I'm what a, it is either. In Shag, it was my game and he only figured out it existed like three or four minutes ago. <laughs> I'm so, so sorry. I, I'm taking charge of it. I'm creating it. I'd just like you guys both to think of something pretty normal in your head. So both of you just think of something pretty normal okay, yep. that might happen every day and it could be an everyday item or an everyday activity. So have you got that? Fixed yes. in your head? Yes. 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 Okay. I'm going to put in the chat the horrific thing that okay. we're going to add to your everyday thing. Are you guys okay. ready? All right. Okay. I'm going to okay. The chat and then here. what's going to happen uh, is that Will's uh, – maybe we'll throw Shag under the bus first. Shag, you're going to have to explain how your everyday activity interacts with the word I'm going to put in the chat. And this is just our first time trying – a spooko spin. So let's take your everyday thing for a spooko spin. Shag, how does your everyday activity interact with? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, my everyday activity. In fact, this could actually be pretty good, right? Yes. So my everyday activity mm. is taking my child to the local playground. Mm-hmm. The word you've inputted is blood. Mm. <laughs> so, so I think what could potentially be a pretty spooko beginning. Although uh, this is like, am I looking for a movie image or a movie premise? Because yeah, I can think I of a think premise. Just playground plus blood is sort of we can start riffing on that. Yeah, uh, it's it's the getting blood, the blood playground sort of strikes me as a bit of a starting playground. point. <laughs> I I I don't want to go too exploitative. Like mm. I, I'm not going to kill a kid in a movie unless there's a really good reason for it. <laughs> but the idea of a and also, I don't know if you know, because if you're listening and you're from America, you might not know that in Australia we call slides slippery dips, which <laughs> the more I think about calling slides slippery that's dips. Really, that's really true. It's a slippery dip. But imagine the bloody slippery dip. The bloody slippery dip. That's pretty spooky. And the image could be like blood dripping off the end of the slippery dip. It's either that or it's mm. like the end of The Shining and there's like gallons of blood gushing down a oh, slippery Oh, gushing dip. out. Yes, yeah. yes. All right. So, 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 Shag, we've got the bloody slippery dip. All right, we'll, like, we're about to spin the roulette wheel again. All right. Um, oh, I don't get to uh, do blood. 
No, I'm afraid you don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, we've got uh, we've got your everyday whatever it is. We're going to spin the old Spooko spinner, and we're going to find out Will how your everyday activity interacts with. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, my, well. Damn, I was thinking of something to go with blood. <laughs> you were meant to have already thought of it, Will. You were cheating in Spooko Spins. <laughs> um, well, my, my everyday activity was that every every morning before I sit down to start work at home, um, mm. I, I make sure I, I uh, treat my mental health and leave the house for at least 15 minutes and go for a bit of a walk. <laughs> and I, I walk up to the local coffee shop and I grab a nice latte from the coffee shop. Um, so that was that was my my uh, everyday activity that I was thinking about. But as to how it relates to this specific, uh, very very specific um, thing that you that you've asked me to kind of yes, look, connect it's my the first dots time to. Playing Spooko Spins. I'm doing my best. <laughs> I mean, I could bolt these two things together mm. in a really unwieldy way and and just say that um, if you know when I walk up to the coffee shop. Um, mm that before I get there, maybe um, I accidentally trip over um, near a building site and fall flat on my face. And when I arise, um, my eyeball has been punctured by a rusty nail. Yes, you're doing a Shaun of the Dead like no, horror comedy approach. I, that's a Final Destination. That's literally ah, every Final well Destination movie. Is like, I'm just going about my normal life. Whoops. My eyeball got punctured by a rusty nail. I think Blood Playground and Rusty Latte. No, it's the bloody are... slippery dip. And... No, the bloody slippery dip. <laughs> no, no, rusty no, no. Latte. Yeah, it's Rusty Latte and the bloody slippery dip. Okay, Peach, well, look, because this is your 360 review, you've got to play it too. Right, so Peach, are you thinking of a yes. everyday thing? I soon will be. Now, Peach, you are the improviser on this podcast, so both Will and I are going to oh, write shit. a very horror-adjacent term or phrase in the chat and you're going to have okay. to make them work with so have you already thought of your thing peach yeah i, it's, I feel like it's a bit thematic uh, so so and I, i'm i'm concerned that i'm going to cheat a little bit so so i'm just trying to narrow it down okay yeah, right. yeah, okay all right all right so i'm ready to hit enter on my on my uh, suggestion um oh, I, I i just need to remember what it's, oh that's right uh yeah no i've got a, i've got a really good one give me one second i've got to type it out uh, and remember how to spell it. I think it. I think the word might originally be French, and French spelling is not my uh, forte. Even though I just said forte, which is French, oh, maybe. Oh fuck this guy! <laughs> no, yeah, maybe it's right. Italian. Yeah. Uh, oh, so <laughs> someone's going to get an entrecot. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Let's go. <laughs> someone's going to get a, okay. a garrotte. Is someone going to get garrotte? Okay, all right, all right. Check. Will, are you ready to press enter? I'm ready. Mm. Okay, Paige, you ready for this? Have you thought of? Should I thing? tell you just a normal thing? Like, should I tell you the normal thing before you? Guys yeah, actually, you know what? This is a fun way to play the game. You tell. Okay. Tell us the normal thing. Uh, I'm commuting on an early morning train, and it's very, very dark. But I'm on the train just before the sun's come up. Okay, all right. Will ready to press enter? Yep. Let's do it. One of those work your teams have got the demon sucking Oh, God. Uh, uh, Shaggy, 
I think I'm delivering it in and it, and it is itself haunted. I think I'm taking it back or I think I can't let it go or something and it is joining me on the commute. Like it is your just obtuse non-secateur uh, moment and as I do, it sucks the very soul from me. Will, I love that you went profound and vague and Shag, I love that you went violent and specific. <laughs> um, so I then use it to kill everyone on the train, I suppose. I love that within 10 minutes, we've already mm. created a pretty amazing trilogy. We've got yep. Bloody Slippery Dip. Yes, Tick. Rusty Latte. Rusty Latte. And Demon Commute. So, Demon Commute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. All right. But seriously, though, let's let's mm. get back to the business at hand because mm. I wanted this episode with Will mm. to be a little bit of a mea culpa because the sadness really truly was one of the most awful things I've seen, and I did subject Will to watching it, and mm. I wanted to make sure that this time. To be clear, I didn't choose. So Will, <laughs> you and I are fine, which is nice. <laughs> There's no beef with me. And Will. But this time, I wanted to. I wanted to put myself through the paces. I wanted to choose a film that would be difficult for me as well. Mm. I think it's fun if we're all going through something. And Peach, I think this film will definitely be difficult for you. So, fun for me not to. I've got to say, I'm like, oh, that sounds awesome. So I hope I you guys s- well, well, no, you'll see because uh, your aversion to blood will be oh, quite integral yeah, to this episode because I spent a little time just Googling the goriest film of all time. And the, the, what's interesting about, you know, things like these superlatives, it's like there's no... There's there's not necessarily consensus on a lot of things. If you Google mm. scariest film of all time, you'll get twenty different answers. If you Google what's up my, there, like can you just throw at me like the top the top five? I'll just be curious. Of like, scary, ooh, I'm, Exorcist is usually in there. Exorcist. Like Exorcist is usually in there. Like um, Paranormal Activities probably yeah, okay. in there. Um, Blair Witch, I imagine, sort of in the mix. Those or... sorts of things are in there. Again, yeah, okay. if you Google most disturbing film, yeah, Salo is mm. probably at the top, but you're going to get a wide range of films. Cool. Whereas mm. when you Google goriest film of all time, generally there seems to be a bit of consensus that this film is it. And what's amazing about it, what's amazing about it, is it was made 30 years ago in 1992. It still hasn't been topped. Nice. Terminator 2. Can't and wait. get yeah. this. And get this. And get this. It's not made by some sicko where it's like, who the fuck made this film? It was made by motherfucking Peter Jackson. What? Peter Jackson still stands as the creator of the goriest film of all time 30 years later. Today, Peach, we are doing a film from 1992 Heavenly creatures. Known, <laughs> <laughs> known, known, known as dead alive outside of New Zealand and Australia, but known within New Zealand as Australia as brain dead. Oh, yes. Yeah. Let's go. And the thing I love about this movie compared to The Sadness, which obviously was incredibly violent, like really disgusting, heaps of blood, this movie absolutely tops it in terms of just the sheer amount of gore and just absolutely insane dismembering and, and everything else. But this movie has such a pure good heart to it. Like it's such <laughs> a beautiful soul of a movie. Like it's, it's, it's only, it, it's, it, it exists just to, to kind of entertain you and make you laugh. And uh, whereas the sadness um, just wants to, like it has this really malicious kind of, dark soul to it that just feels really 
um, uh, intense in a, uh, and, and makes the violence in it um, seem probably more intense than it than it maybe really is, even, uh, because it, yeah. because everything about it was so um, mean spirited. Um, yeah, it's made with cruelty. Yeah. Yeah. Hard. Yeah, exactly. And this this film is is made with love <laughs> and and beauty, and it's just it it's uh, it's so inventive and so incredible, incredibly packed full of ideas. Now, Pete, you're gonna watch the trailer. I'm I'm like I'm actually a little bit worried about you watching the trailer for this film because, as Will says, yes, it's made with love, and yes, it's weird. When I finished watching it, I was like, was that the glorious film of all time? And then I thought back on all the things that happened in it, and I was like, oh no, yes, it absolutely was. Peach, are you okay with watching this trailer? I'm very tough now. I'll be fine. Let's let's do it. Uh, should I put it on 1.25 speed or like yeah, 1.5 speed? Yeah, maybe. And I'm 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 genuinely worried about you fainting. So let's see how you go. I'm not going to faint. Shag pride comes before success. <laughs> pride comes let's before go. success. Warning: Audiences everywhere are growing concerned about distasteful and gruesome films. This trailer depicts scenes that may offend sensitive viewers. If you are easily offended, cover your right eye now. However, if you enjoy a good broad-minded laugh, cover your left eye now. I thought you were a trustworthy boy, but going out behind my back with that oily shop girl kissing and cuddling in public. Mum, she's experienced. Lionel loves his new girlfriend almost as much as he loves his mother. Mum! But Lionel's mother is different. Your mother ain't my dog! Not all of it. She's not very well. Your mother's dead, Lionel. Now, everyone else is not very well either. And they're getting sicker by the minute. Kick ass for the Lord! <laughs> Soon there won't be anyone left. It's quite a collection of stiffs you got down there. Who isn't? <laughs> Brain dead. It's alright. You can look now. Brain dead. <laughs> That didn't look scary at all, dudes. That looked like the frighteners, but like really shaking cameras. I'm, I'm having fun. I can't wait. It's going to be good. So before we watch the trailer, mm. I sort of mentioned that I wanted to put myself through something rather than just put Will through something. Mm. And you through something, obviously, because, you know, this podcast is about your aversion to horror. I do feel like it gets easier for me with each week. I, I... <laughs> it's so interesting you were talking about, like, a, a famous movie image because there is a scene in this film that I have almost been too scared to watch ever since I found out about it. So this film is like the goriest film of all time. The goriest scene involves a lawnmower on its side. And for a long time, for a very long time, I have known about this scene. I have read about this scene. I have almost watched bits of this scene, but... I've I've genuinely been a bit grossed out to watch it because I I don't love I like I love scary movies I love being disturbed I find gore a little bit too much to take I've never had the experience until watching this mm. film where watching a film and eating it I was like oh I can't eat my food I'm put off my food the first time ever I've had that experience was with this film but all of that aside 
the film is so lovable and goofy that you're kind of okay with this. And I, I almost would suggest everyone watch this purely because it holds your hand through the gore, I guess. It, it basically goes, this is silly, this is funny, don't worry. It, it goes so over the top, like so over the top that it's actually okay. Well, like, what did you think about the gore in this? I, I, was, I wasn't really bothered by it at all um, it, because of the, the, like you said, the goofiness of it. Um, it's just, uh, and I was just constantly marvelling at every, because you can't look away for a second because there's new ideas coming at you. Every, every, like every 10 seconds there's like a, uh, a new concept of like what they can do with zombies, bits falling off, people getting chopped in half, guts falling out, blood spraying everywhere, every possible permutation of every thing you could possibly do with a zombie in a dead body. I feel like they do. I don't think there's anything left on the table here. It's, it's all and so I'm just marveling at, at every new idea and more more kind of like amazed by it than than grossed out by it. And you know what? As opposed to a film like The Sadness where it's about pushing buttons, they still, Peter Jackson still pulls back. Like there's one moment w- which we'll get to that involves a zombie baby that, uh, that you know, they, they could have gone too far. Like, and, and yeah, anyway, look, I, I won't go because we, we need to get through this thing. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. So like a little bit of insight into this film and why it's so goofy. So I found this interview with Peter Jackson. Hilariously, the interview was conducted in a funeral home with him leaning on a coffin. Like, I guess because he was directing a horror movie and in the 90s, it's like, how do we spice up this interview? I do love conceptually of like, uh, we can't have a shitty, boring interview in like a cafe. (laughs) Anyway, so so in this interview, the interviewer, uh, and side note, the interviewer was Margaret Pomerantz. If you didn't grow up in Australia in the 90s, she was basically everyone's mother. But she asked Peter Jackson, she's like, what drew you to the grotesque? What interests you there? And he's like, to be honest, I actually don't think it's the grotesque. I just like silliness. And this just felt like a very silly thing to do. But then he goes on, and this is really interesting. And it kind of ladders back to why I think this film is of a piece with the sadness. Because remember in the sadness, the director was like, well, how do I make a really extreme yep. film? In the 90s, the zombie genre was already like fully formed, already very gross. You know, Dawn of the Dead has like, you know, entrails out the wazoo. So he was basically like, I think his exact quote was, if I'm going to make a zombie movie, I've got to go for it. Well, it was all, also zombies were sort of a spent force back then. Like, like, like it wasn't like the, 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 the sort of... 12 days later or whatever, 21 days later or whatever it is, or Shaun of the Dead or any of the like speed zombie, you know, zombie resurgence genre movement had come back. So back then it was like zombies are fucking boring and slow and sort of move like Frankenstein's sort of hands out in front of you. But with that in mind, this is where it gets Mm. super interesting, right? So the other inspiration for this film, he Mm. was like, I saw comedy in that. In fact, mm. this film was inspired by silent films because you can imagine that zombies walk mm. around and they're all a bit clumsy and they don't speak. And he's like, if you go back and watch Brain Dead, you'll notice that there are sequences, seven or eight minutes, where no one speaks. But it's all like physical comedy. That comedy just happens to have, as Will points out, every possible permutation of limbs being taken out. There, there's, there's eyeball poppings, there's face explodings. Yeah. 
there's skin ripping like like everything's in this like every single thing is in this i also think like will would you have like watching this now because this is like obviously like pre-sophisticated special effects like back in the day if you were born like 30 years prior would you have been a practical special effects would you have been in that sort of team Mm, maybe yeah i mean that looks super fun doesn't it like um making up all those kind of uh, miniatures and um, dummies and setting up bits to explode and pop out and <laughs> spray everywhere. <laughs> it's, it looks super fun to me. All right. Stan Winston style. I love it. Okay, so this film... Uh, That's just a practical effects joke for anyone who likes practical <laughs> effects. <laughs> Don't have a lot of practical effects fans here on the podcast. That's all right. So this film, uh, this film begins in 1957 with mm. zoo official Stuart McColden and his team smuggle a captured Sumatran rat monkey, a hybrid creature that resulted from the rape of tree monkeys by plague-carrying rats out of Skull Island. Now, I, 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 yeah. Now, I also probably need to pause that this was shot in New Zealand, uh, mm. made to look like a distant land, Skull Island, and... With the hindsight of 2022, yes, troubling, yes, having like natives be sort of like wear like face paint and carrying spears and being like, don't touch our rat monkey. That watching that in 2022 was just like a little bit weird. Well, did you feel the same? Yeah, I mean, the film generally has a few kind of very dated 90s things in it in that regard, though, doesn't it? Like, it's not just it's not just that it's also the the kind of uh gender aspects of it uh yeah as well which are a little problematic um but um i don't know the 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 good heart of the movie sort of pushes through it a little bit and you kind of forgive it a little bit for that and also just judging it as a product of its time i guess as well yeah and and i feel like he was definitely mimicking or homaging old films it was clearly like a reference to old films where this sort of thing happens. But anyway, so during the team's escape from the island's warrior natives who demand the return of the creature, Stuart is bitten by the rat monkey, resulting in his dismemberment and killing by his crew who fear the effects of his bite. This Wikipedia synopsis is not doing it justice. It's not. <laughs> you, 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 also, it's, it's worth noting that you don't see the rat monkey in this opening mm. sequence as well, and you don't, you don't get to see it until, until later, but it's an awesome surprise when you do. Oh, it is. There's a lot of claymation stop motion animation in this film. Or was it a puppet? I couldn't tell. I, I think it was stop motion animation. It looks hilarious. And again, he does a good job of building up. So maybe half an hour into the film, you're like, this isn't gory. Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, you genuinely are. Like, it doesn't just, it's, it's not like the sadness where it like, well, the sadness gave you 15 minutes reprieve. But yeah, it really does. It does build up to the gore. Anyway, so as per Stuart's warning to the natives, this monkey's going to Newtown, which is like this beautiful, picturesque part of Wellington in New Zealand. Almost looks like, you know that town? Well, in fact, it looks like every small town that Stephen King films are set in. Sick. Like very green, very leafy. I'm in Maine. Yeah, yeah, beautiful, very hilly, old school houses. It's wonderful. The captured rat monkey is then shipped to Wellington Zoo by the survivors of the expedition. Now, in Wellington, Lionel Cosgrove lives in uh, Hatai Tai 
in a Victorian mansion with his domineering mother, Vera. When he was a child, Lionel's father drowned trying to save him at the beach, and the incident has haunted him into his adulthood. I, I kept thinking. So this is mm. very much a comedy and it's silly, but this is an integral part of the plot. And I kept thinking the whole way through, you could do a remake without any humour, but keeping the gore in 2022, and it would be the most fucked movie ever. It would be amazing, but it would be so dark. It would be the worst. Oh, gosh. <laughs> anyway, so obviously Vera's the domineering mother. Lionel is like a massive nerd and he's 25. In fact, when I looked up the entry in this in uh, the New Zealand Film Association website, because this was like partially fun. This is crazy. what's crazy too. The gorest film of all time was partially funded by the New Zealand, New Zealand government. government. Insane, awesome. right? Mm. Uh, so he's 25. He's never been kissed. He's got this domineering mother. That again, that classic movie trope where she's sick in bed and she's using her sickness as a way to sort of trap him and keep him from, you know, like leaving her nest. Yes. But to her dismay, Lionel falls in love with a Spanish Romany shopkeeper daughter. Okay, so mm. this is we, we talked about the Romany people in Watches I Saw. Mm. And this is consistent with there, yeah. there's a lot of tropes being used in this film, and as a people, probably not treated super well by film. But anyway, so she's got a mystical grandma mm. who reads the signs to to tell her what's gonna happen in her future. And she says she's gonna meet the love of her life. And then in comes Lionel. He accidentally makes the sign that she needs to look out for and automatically she then sort of falls for Lionel and they start like a sort of relationship. And it's quite sweet. When the two visit Wellington Zoo together on a date, Vera follows them and while following them is accidentally bitten by the rat monkey. So this is the... I thought she was sick. Yeah, because she's not. No, she's not sick. She pretends to be sick, right? Oh, but she's not. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yes, I'm with you. But she's, she's bitten by the rat monkey and then she kills the animal in the process. So this is this is probably the first scene where you're like, okay, we're in for something. Well, I, yeah, because I guess it's it starts out as being a, a pretty normal kind of scene with these two people on a date um, just doing doing usuals. Like it's very, very normal. Bright sunny day, um, but then the the mother is kind of sneaking around in the bushes, spying on them because she's she's uh, worried that this woman is going to take her son away from her, and um, she kind of um, backs up against the cage, I guess, and all of a sudden, because you, you get and you get uh, the scene of some real monkeys kind of in the cage, and then suddenly this rat monkey appears, and um, this is the first the first time where you go, oh shit, this is like. This is something else because because this rat monkey is like this absolutely demonic looking, doesn't look, not look like a monkey whatsoever. It just looks like this very strange kind of demonic stop motion animated creature that's in the cage with all the other monkeys. Um, and um, what does she do? She she it she, it bites her and then she doesn't she stomp on its head and and crush it to death. Yeah, and, and <laughs> what what I think so interesting about it is, and I wrote this down while I was watching it because I was like, even now. Horror films, they build up to the gore scene, but the gore scene happens very, it happens in a shot. Like they might build, 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 and then we get to see it. And, you know, even if it's 10 seconds, we see it and then it's gone, right? Whereas with this scene, we go, we see a start stomping on its head and we see like blood coming and eyeballs starting to pop. Cut to horrified onlookers, and that's usually when things would cut away. 
cut back to the brain still being <laughs> yes that's what it looks that's like it. i had to go google it i'm like i'm sorry like i don't like to look at my phone during the show but but we we're talking about the rat monkey it's worth a google it is worth looking at so I, I guess my point is it's like we keep cutting to the gore cut back to people looking horrified cut to the gore again cut back to people looking like they're going to be sick and then cut back to the gore and eventually it ends with basically an entirely smashed head eyeballs shot out brain over like you know it's almost like they're making a point at that moment to be like we're not going to cut away and in fact we're going to amplify the gore just so you know it's it's like a warning i'm about it the gawning it's a gawning it's a gawning it's It's the first gory moment in a a horror film where you're like this is going to be fucked up okay all right. <clears throat> it's your foreshadowing too. Like it's it can't be a horror. Like yeah, it's the warning of like guys. There will be gore coming. That's such a good point. Okay, so <clears throat> over the following days, she grows increasingly more decrepit. So one of the things about it is her wound is like the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Like the way the way they do her wound is like it's it's very wet. It's very open. <laughs> There's a lot of blood and it's almost comical the way that he's trying to treat it with like a little like cotton bud and some antiseptic. And he's like, I think we need to call the nurse. And she's like, no nurses. I'm going to be fine. (laughs) Anyway. So there's this subplot. It's very small. It's not, obviously it's not in the Wikipedia synopsis where she's very much trying to keep up appearances because she's part of a local society. It's like a bowling. I'm trying to remember what it was. Well, was it like the bowling society? What was it? I don't remember. It's just a very prim, proper society that, that she wants to be a member of. Yeah, and so they do we like don't a... don't allow zombies. Yeah, the, well, yeah. well they, they show up last minute. She's like, I'm fine. I need to go down and attend to these people. Meanwhile, she tries to apply powder to her face and then half of her cheek skin just peels off. Blech. Like, just peels yeah. off like a big flap. <laughs> and it's like, this is, this is what I think is so interesting about it because... It's not necessarily a good effect, but it grossed me out so much. Yeah, yeah. It's it's absolutely diabolical. It's so horrible. <laughs> Ugh, that made me not feel very good. Because it's one of those things where it's like it's not like it's not even the like it's by nowhere by no means the worst thing you're going to see in this film. But oh, it's bottom of the scale. It's it's like yeah. <laughs> but there's just something about an entire skin flap from a cheek peeled down <sighs> and just red muscle underneath it, and and her just like in the mirror being like trying to make herself up for these people. Anyway. She makes her way downstairs, but obviously she's slowly becoming a zombie. During the lunch with the couple from the society, the wife is clearly aware that something's wrong with uh, Vera. The husband doesn't care and just wants to eat and is just like a bit of a like, where's my pudding sort of thing. <laughs> during, during the meal, one of Vera's ears falls off into her pudding and she eats it and puts it into her mouth and just starts eating it oblivious. And at this point, they're like, that's fucking gross. We've got to go. The, the, other, the other detail that happens in that scene along with the ear is that um, I think she, she touches her wound at one point and pus squirts out of it. Oh, out oh, in, oh, that's in, right, that's right. Into the custard of the, of the guy who's visiting. Oh. Um, so there's this kind of, and it's, but it's really red sort of bloody pus. Um, oh. And it gets mixed so up gross. into the custard and he eats it. Um, it's pretty amazing. And, like, again, this is nothing. Like, this is nothing to what you're going to say. Anyway, anyway, all right. 
So she appears to die before reanimating as a ravenous zombie and killing the attendant nurse McTavish, who also returns as a zombie, before Lionel locks them both in the basement and keeps them sedated with animal tranquilizers. Yeah, it starts. This is where this, the the story really starts to just rocket along at this point, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, the, the, I mean, this <laughs> the local society falls away. Really, you can't yeah, we, forget the, we don't hear from them again. Really, <laughs> what's interesting though is the zombies start to have their own characters. Like a good zombie film creates a character around the zombie, even though they can't speak. So the nurse, her head is chopped off, but it's hanging on by like the skin at the back. So her <laughs> head's like a her head's like a pencil dispenser, basically, yeah. oh, okay. and it keeps yeah, yeah. coming back on and then going back off, sort of thing. With just like blood spurting everywhere. So, while visiting Paquita, Lionel is given a pendant for luck by her grandmother. Vera is able to break out of the basement and is ran over into Paquita's shop by a tram, but Lionel tranquilizes Vera before she attacks them. So, the first portion of the movie is kind of like a sweet love story. The second portion of the movie is that silent film slapstick comedy where he's trying to contain the growing number of zombies in his basement, <laughs> right? Slowly and surely. So first of all, there's the mum. Then we get the nurse. We're going to start getting more and more zombies that he slowly mm. collects. And it'll just get to a point where he can't handle them anymore. It's actually like a really neat premise for a film. Like as a structure, I really like it. Yep. And it genuinely does build. I, I think the other thing, the other reason why I would absolutely recommend this to watch by anyone, as long as you know what you're about to see, is that, like I said before, it, it does hold your hand because there's a real crescendo to this. There's a gawning at the start to be like, by the way, this is what you're going to see. And then it just t- takes your hand and goes, this is a roller coaster, but come with me. And you know what? I was thinking about this. It's like we've talked about this before. For mm. me, this is the first time in a while where a horror movie has actually felt like a roller coaster. It wasn't so spooky that it was making me feel bad about the world, but I knew that there was awful gore. I didn't know what was coming around the bend. And I just was still really freaked out about seeing it. So the whole movie, I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But we've already had the worst bits, haven't we? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I do feel like this movie's revealing the shortcomings of the Spooko spin. I I don't think I can reverse engineer like the zombies and the cut in the arm of the, you know. I think think we need to step past the Spooko spin. But you could have done like... Your morning skin routine and skin flaps. Yes. And there you <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how you would have spooked spin it. Anyway. This is like a roller coaster, isn't it? Because I it, it was kind of around this time in the movie where I started to almost lose track of what was happening because it was all happening so fast. You just you just kind of you cannot your brain your brain almost can't keep up with with just the the way that just not only the plot rockets along, but just all of the other kind of just bonkers shit that's going on with the with the zombies. The best review I can give this film is that, mm. as, as I always do, I was trying to do too many things. So I was watching this on 1.25 speed. Nice. And then I ended up watching the final half hour again on normal speed and then again a second time because I knew I'd missed things. Amazing. And, and look, we're not going to cover everything in this recap because I, I think... This is the first proper Spooko seal of approval. I, I, I want you to see this film. I want you to lean into the ridiculousness of, of it because this is a great introduction 
trial by fire into the horror genre. Anyway, okay, so at Vera's funeral, Lionel has to tranquilize her to keep her from rising and attacking the mourners. <laughs> that's good comedy. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's and awesome. there's no yeah. speech while he's trying to, like, she's just, I'm trying to get out, and he's trying to push her back into the, like, and meanwhile mm. the priest is outside being like, they're clearly making jokes about like rising from the dead and things because you know yeah, like nice. it's it's just it's just extremely well done. Okay. So later, while returning to the graveyard to administer more of the tranquilizer, he's accosted and beaten by a group of hoodlums. This is one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. <laughs> who presume him to be a necrophiliac. Will, can you tell me who shows up and what happens next? Um, I guess there's what a, a gang of because this is set in the fifties, right? Um yes, there's, yes, there's a fifty seven. A gang of greasers kind of turn up um, <laughs> to, to the graveyard and they're, they're kind of just your classic sort of greaser bully types and they they come across Lionel, I guess, and just start bullying him. Um, and then one of them, this is like almost one of my favourite stunts in the whole movie, one of them just jumps up and starts pissing on his mum's grave. <laughs> um, and in and, that in that movie bully way, you know when it's like, oh yeah, you love your mum, do you? Oh, I'm gonna piss on her grave. He's like, with her. that's my mum, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and piss, pissing all over Whatever. the headstone. And then uh, just as as the kind of headstone gets completely covered in piss, this insane like gnarled zombie hand like punches upwards through the dirt, grabs this guy by the nuts and pulls him down into the ground face-to-face with this flesh-eating zombie that's rising up out of the ground. And then there's my favourite thing, a blood explosion. So it's like pulls it down and it's like blood explodes everywhere and it's like that's what I like to see in a horror movie. So then after that, the priest appears. Oh, this is amazing. In zombie form. No. No. In human form, but he turns out to be this incredible kickboxing priest who oh, jumps sick. jumps into the fray um, uh, saying, I kick ass for the Lord. When you see this film, the priest lines as he's kicking ass, he's just super good at kung fu and he just beats the sick. shit out of all of these greasers sick. who are beating up Lionel. It's just weird and cool and doesn't really have anything to do with the film and it's just a great little moment that typifies like a filmmaker just having a lot of fucking fun with this script. Okay. I'm I'm really upset by this. I think I'm set on edge by the um gawnings we've received so far. Okay, we'll peach we'll peach. Or the gore shadowing. I, I the gore shadowing. We'll yeah. peach. Ha- hang on to your skin flaps because <laughs> Should I get a brandy? I might get a brandy. <laughs> Are you listening? Can you still hear us, Peach? I think Peach is getting a brandy. <laughs> I, I actually think this is the this is the first recap we've had in a while where Peach has had to have a little break. Wow. He really looks like he needs a break too. He's got that look on his face. Had you heard of this film before, Will? Um, I think I'd, I'd heard of it, but um, but I'd never seen it. No. It's just like I, I, I'm, I like I am a, a, an evangelist for this film. I think it's fantastic. I think it's one of the funnest films we've done in a while. Mm. And it's really hard. I've got my brandy. It's really hard to convey the tone of this movie through through yeah. what we're describing as well, which is um, frustrating because it does have such a fun, playful tone, and it's it's that same filmmaking style that Peter Jackson displays in you know, more high budget kind of more slick stuff like the Lord of the Rings movies. 
um, but done in this kind of really lo-fi DIY sort of way. Like he still uses wide lenses and like runs around and throws the camera around and you, you can you can really see the bones of the filmmaker that he became later on in this movie, I think. But that's what sets me on edge, I think, this sort of light tone where you just sort of bobble, you, you know, bounce along with, you know, an overbearing mum and, you know, a bit of a sort of social social hierarchy class drama and the jokes you get from that. And so then the stabs of gore, uh, you, you know, it's almost a levity film with horror bits put in rather than a horror film with levity bits put in. Like, and I'm sort of bubbling along. Yeah, I think I think that's where my huge amount of anxiety listening to this comes comes from. Of like, it's a nice gentle film, but, but there are these awful bits put in there. So so anyway, there's this fight in the graveyard. Vera suddenly bursts from her grave and attacks them. The gang leader Void, as well as the local priest, Father Magruder, are bitten and become zombies. So Lionel has to keep them locked in the basement too. So now Lionel's got his mum, he's got the nurse, he's got the priest, and he's got a hoodlum all trapped in his basement. He's had to tie them up. He has to keep them tranquilized. And it's getting too much for him to control. Yeah, such a good conceit. And, and this, is this, this is this second half where it's all very, like, slapstick. There's all lots of near misses. There's oblivious bystanders and other characters who he has to just make sure they don't turn around because if they turn around, they're going to see a zombie, but they didn't turn around. And, whew, and he made it, but, oh, no, now this one's walking away. Oh, we're going to get it. It's that, whack right? a mole. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's exactly that. It's exactly that. Now, there's this other subplot of his uncle who is upset that he's going to be the sole heir of all of his mother's fortune, who is basically trying to muscle his way into taking the house because he lives in this big, beautiful house. Uh, he's just received that and the, the uncle basically wants it. He comes over and he hears the sound of sex and he's like, what the fuck's going on? Oh, I get it. You're just a bachelor. I bet you found your dad's stag films, eh? Well, everyone grieves in their own way. But what it actually is... It's uh, the zombie. Yeah, wait, 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 yeah. wait, 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 wait. It's the nurse zombie and the priest zombie having sex on the table, and they eventually produce a zombie baby, which now Lionel also has to look after, including a very long sequence that I think is modelled after that film, The Battleship Potemkin, where there's a baby carriage that is going. It's like somebody's let go of it and it's going down the stairs, and everyone's chasing after it. Basically, he takes the baby to the park for some reason. This is an evil baby that wants to eat people and be a zombie. And, and, and look, it doesn't look like a baby. But there's this long, weird sequence that probably does go for eight minutes where he has to be like, oh, no, baby, don't try and eat that kid. Oh, no, baby, don't try to blah, 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 blah. This is a weird movie. And He's it's... never trying to kill the zombies at any time, though. He keeps tranquilizing them. No, because he doesn't want to kill it because he's basically like, He's quite a mild-mannered person. And at the moment, mm. I, I guess your thinking is it's like, well, they're kind of are they alive? Are they dead? I don't know. Yeah, dead alive, quite. That's it sort of ties into the the good-hearted spirit of the movie because he's he's just trying to to contain the situation and he's just trying to keep them at bay rather than eliminate them completely. So this is a fingers in the dikes comedy type like scenario. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Now, but the the com- the whole comedy with the baby though is um, purely so that you can do some pretty 
what sounds like on paper pretty terrible shit with a with a baby, um, but actually in, in in practice in the movie comes across you know slightly problematic but still pretty hilarious. I found these bits probably the toughest parts with the baby, to be honest. I guess I don't have kids, so... Um, <laughs> yeah, there, there, there is that, there is that. So I don't know if it's described in here, but yes. Anyway, so Lionel's um, uncle comes back mm. because he's just constantly around. He's constantly trying to convince him to give him the house or some of the fortune. That's when he discovers the zombies in the basement, but they're all sedated, and so obviously they look dead. And he's basically like, oh, okay, like, you've killed some people. I'm going to call the police unless you sign everything over to me. Mm. And Lionel's like, you know what? Like, fuck it. Like, I'm so over this. That's undue influence just for all you real estate litigators out there. <laughs> <laughs> you could void that transaction. That's fine. <laughs> void it all. <laughs> could you do that? Although, okay, now we're getting, now we're getting super technical. Mm. Could you have done that in 1957? Yeah. Okay. You could uh, ever since the 1870s, I think, in well in Australia, and then I th- I think well our law back then was derived directly from England, as I imagine New Zealand's were. So yeah, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, fucking your shit out of luck. Be like, oh, yeah, I'll sign it over only because you're holding a gun to my head, mm, and this is influencing me unduly. So Lionel's uncle takes the house, well, well, takes the house, you know, in mm. principle and invites his friends over for a housewarming party despite Lionel's objections. So housewarming party. Fuck, that's so funny. That, right? Like that, again, a more comedy of manners of like, Shag, I'll take your house. Now, now get out of here. I'm having a housewarming party. <laughs> but also keep in mind, right, housewarming party filled with people downstairs, bloodthirsty zombies who are tranquilized right now but won't be for long. Will they still be tranquilized during the housewarming party? (laughs) (laughs) So during the party, Paquita arrives to try to make amends with Lionel. She discovers the zombies in the basement and Lionel explains to her all that has occurred. She's able to convince Lionel to administer poison to the zombies to finally kill them. But after injecting the zombies with it, he discovers the poison is animal stimulants which revives them. (laughs) They narrowly escape the now-enhanced zombies who burst into the house upstairs and slaughter the party guests. Now, that's a sentence in Wikipedia. In reality, this is where... This is proper, like, chaos breaking loose. So are they super zombies? Like, like, am I reading that correctly? Or or they're just back-to-life zombies? No, they're they're kind of super zombies at this point. They're they're super fast and um, very strong. Sick. And there's, there's, there's a lot of very fun and inventive gore at this point. Some of the things I remember really clearly, again, they won't, they won't be listed in here, but there was the guy who is chopped in half by a door and then they pull, the zombie pulls out his own rib cage. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's the woman whose heart <sighs> is shown to her before she dies. There's <laughs> the other lady who the zombie punches through her entire head from the back and punches through the other side of her face to grab one of the characters. I'm trying to remember, like, like to your point, Will, it's like, it's a blur. There were so many moments. That shot is insane, by the way, that like the, the, the fist coming through the back of the head, but out the mouth of the, of the person. Oh. <laughs> That's so insane. Um, no, one of, one of my favourite moments in this whole little montage was um, the bit with the, the greaser guy who pissed all over the mum's grave Somehow he gets kind of ripped in half and his all of his intestines and 
and internal organs fall out onto the ground, but then they become sentient and they become this kind of like almost pu- like I guess it's a puppeteered kind of bunch of gooey sort of tubes and and bags and stuff that kind of roll around and shoot tendrils out and try to grab people and pull them around and rip them apart and stuff. That's pretty amazing. At this point as well, there's also the the the, the baby who is causing havoc and there's like obviously the baby's trying to kill everyone and so they're now trying to kill the baby and 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 it's a baby zombie i'm just like they're not it's really important to say they're killing a baby zombie but even still it was a bit much and like peter jackson taking slapstick to the absolute limit paquita puts the baby zombie I don't even know if I can say, even thinking about it. It's just too much. Is this the lawnmower bit? It, no, no, it's not the lawnmower bit. No, she puts the baby in a blender. And, and, and you keep being like, oh, they're going to, they're going to know. And the baby escapes. But also it's, it's gore shadowing because, <laughs> because later on the greaser's head is put in the blender and they turn the blender on and they don't cut away. Yeah, I, it, but I love how self-aware the movie is at that point with um, with the baby because it, it Peter Jackson knows that you care about the baby, even though the baby is a disgusting flesh-eating zombie that's trying to kill you. Um, it's it, and it looks absolutely disgusting. It's it is kind of cute. Um, it, as it, well. it is kind of cute, but but I think even to that point, like putting it in the blender is just taking that horror gore silent movie comedy just that step that i did not expect him to go it's peter jackson going i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it and then yeah. and then he's bitten, but then he goes nope i'm not gonna do it and then i'm gonna do it yeah like it happens a couple of times you're like no no and, and obviously it doesn't happen but it's too much i must feel like uh, sorry i must say similar toned films to this that we've worked on or even things like christine that are like goofy strike me as less expertly executed. This this feels like you're in the hands of someone who is deliberately crafting someone such that you are hearing the voice of I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, rather than someone who's got up to the second act of their film and it's like, oh, fuck. Right? How are we going to yeah. finish it? Like, like it, it feels very very fully conceived. There's a moment in, in Goodwill Hunting where... I've always I've always loved this ex- description of genius where he talks mm. about how he's like I look at a piano and I just see a box and some keys but I think Mozart was the person he used he's like Mozart he saw a piano and he could just play and it mm. feels like with Peter Jackson it's just so effortless for him he's having fun he's in control the entire time yes I think Will you were just saying before it's like it's almost like he's just fucking around with so many different things because he can mm. yeah yeah it's 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 every idea he's ever had, um, and he's just trying to push it all into the same scene at once. That's great. Amazing. So anyway, so all of this stuff happens. It's total chaos. All of the guests are killed, and then, of course, they all revive at once as super zombies, including the one at the front who's had all of their head skin removed. So they're just this, like, bloody, muscly skull <sighs> face with eyeballs, like, right at the front. It's a great shot. It's like that's the one straight at the camera that's staring at you being like, they're going to come in. But meanwhile, Paquita's still trapped inside. So now we get to the part where I'm like, this is, this is the scene that I've been dreading for pretty much my entire horror-watching career. And it's, it's amazingly gore-shadowed even in the film. So maybe 10 minutes into the film, 
we see Lionel lawn mowing the front yard and <sighs> the lawnmower goes over the camera and we see, like, you don't often think about what's underneath the lawnmower, but the camera captures underneath the lawnmower, which stops in, on top of the camera, and we see the blade spinning and slowly spin to a stop. And you're like, that's interesting. Duh. Anyway, so... Yeah, okay. Master filmmaker, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lionel has to come back in and save Paquita. So he straps the lawnmower with, I think it's just a bit of rope, maybe? That he he sort of straps he straps to his shoulders so he can hold it up on its side. He walks in, and he just starts even describing it. It's just like and it, like you've been you've been built up to this moment, so it's actually kind of okay. But mm. this is probably the goriest scene I've ever seen, where he he just lawn mows. Body after body. He just goes to town on this on these zombies. Yeah, it's it's kind of a sight to behold. It's incredible. But he mows his way through all of the all of the zombies, and I think there was like a um, uh, a fact I read. I think this wasn't this. There was like three hundred liters of fake blood or something used in that scene, mm-hmm. um, making it cementing it as as the bloodiest, goriest film of all time. But he, he mows his way through the zombies, all his limbs are dismembered all over the ground. And I think there's even a point where the, the, the sentient bundle of organs kind of kind of approaches and there's this, <laughs> it's a, a moment where, the, where it kind of looks up at him kind of plaintively like begging for, um, for mercy. And he, mercy, yeah. He, he pushes the lawnmower down on it and just like grinds it into, um, <laughs> into mulch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look, I don't, I, I don't want to get too explicit, but it's like th- these are zombies who don't really necessarily know the danger they're in, so they're reaching their arms straight into it, and their <laughs> arms are just like ground down right to the stump <sighs> before their faces are smashed. And by the end, there's just so much blood and gore on the ground that he is completely covered in blood, and he can't walk forward because there's so much blood, and he's sort <sighs> of doing a sort of moonwalk on the ground. but but look that's like the scary bit of the roller coaster and the thing about this film i was like fuck i've now seen this scene i've done it i i i was i haven't done it i'm i'm not (laughs) see there's there's a scene there's a scene coming up shag that um (laughs) further on from here that was the 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 one bit of the movie that i went oh no oh oh okay 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 all right okay so well let's talk about this right so, I love that you love the rest, Will. Every other scene, you're like, yeah, yeah, fucking lawnmower these idiots. <laughs> Slice them up. <laughs> so, the uncle enters the basement where he's beheaded by Vera. Now, at this point, we don't actually see Vera, the mum, right? But we mm. notice she has massive claws, and all of a sudden, she's clearly way taller than she ever was. Oh, I think um, she's like leveled up. She's transformed a, into something new. Yeah. Yeah. Sp- spider rat queen. Yeah, boss. The well, boss she zombie. now she now erupts from the basement, and she's become this. My frame of reference was, you know that, you know, like the world's oldest artwork. It's like a fertility statue. It, it's like a it's like a woman's torso, mm. and it's 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 quite um, uh, it it's quite curvaceous, bounteous. That was that was my frame of reference. It's like that. It's like that torso, but mm. then long, spindly, like demon arms. 
And then I'm trying to like I'm trying to remember the face. I think it was like yeah, she's got kind of ratty features, like a yeah extended face, and 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 she's got this kind of strange curved spine with um kind of jutting bones the at the back. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so she, so final boss style, like it's, it's like, final, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's final boss style. She pursues them to the roof. As, as I said before, every house in horror films catch fire in the final scene. Uh, yes. So it, it catches fire from a burst gas pipe. I feel like watching horror films, I'm like, fuck, houses are not safe. Like they could just <laughs> that's set on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so as Vera corners them on the roof, Lionel confronts his mother and reveals, because there's a moment here in, in the film. It's like I said before, if you did a remake of this without the comedy, this could be <clears> super dark. Cause he reveals that he actually witnessed his mum drowning his his father because she was with another woman as a child and proclaims that he is no longer afraid of her. That's pretty cool. Vera becomes enraged and swallows Lionel with an opening in her stomach to be like, Yeah, this is you came from me and I'm gonna take you back. Yes. This is the bit this is the bit where I went, oh come on. Oh, come on. <laughs> um like, she yeah, she says, um, what does she say? Like, um, no one loves you like your mother. <laughs> and the, her stomach opens up in this absolutely disgusting way with full of, full of goo and, and blood and stuff and swallows him in. And then somehow he kind of manages to, to chop his way out of her ass, basically. Uh. It's just, yeah. It's, oh, and with the, with the lucky pendant that Paquita's uh, mystical grandma gave her That's to protect okay. her with. That's so it. It, all, it all ties together. This causes Vera to fall back into the burning house, killing her. Lionel and Paquita escape the burning rooftop as the fire brigade arrives. They kiss and then walk away arm in arm because really it's a love story at the end of the day. <sighs> that was brain dead, a.k.a. dead alive. We just had to clear mum out of the way. I love it for <laughs> Lionel and Paquita to have a bit of a love story. <laughs> that was it. It was about becoming your own person. It was breaking those. It was breaking those apron strings. Step away from society and all the sellouts who want you to be in the cool Waikato club or whatever town we're in again, <laughs> Hamilton, Auckland, wherever we are, and you just believe in your own dreams and date who you want to date. Uh, it's quite empowering in one way, Shake. Yeah, <laughs> cutting the apron strings, as you rightly say. Uh, I think one of the things that I react to worst with gore is the mean-spiritedness. So if we compare this to the sadness, you know, like Hostel's a lingering example for me of thinking about gore. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, and just a side note, you know people whose sneezes are really weird and sound weird? Like, if you got any people who sneeze like a loud mouse squeak or anything like that, we have like two <laughs> yeah. people that at work and you have like a heart attack where you're walking along like, Gew! What the fuck? No hate, no hate. Uh, I guess that is body shaming in its way, so apologies and I withdraw that. Uh, um, sneeze shaming perhaps. Um <laughs> Beth let me to completely forget my point. I'm sure it was a good one. And we should have spooko spun. No, no, you were talking about the fact that the gore mm. wasn't mean spirit. Yes, yes, sorry. And so I was, I had less of that revulsion and closer to that oh, sort of reaction where, you know, you're not, I'm not sort of vomiting thinking about it. It's more that, like, oh, that's gross. Type um, 
attraction is the wrong word, but uh, curiosity of like, what does that look like? Rather than uh, I don't want to see someone drilling into, you know, someone mm-hmm. else's face. But, well, what does it look like when Vera turns into a rat queen and tries to, like, re-impregnate herself with her own son? <laughs> That's sort of quite like, oh, gross. What when you, that when you like? describe it as re-impregnate herself with her own son as a giant rat monster, that that becomes, like, a little bit less palatable <laughs> than it is. I actually, to be honest, like, that, yeah, mm. it's funny. It's funny the things because I responded most to Baby Zombie in the Blender. Like, yeah. that, was, that was the moment where I was like, oh, I don't, like... And even just that image is still too much for me. I, like, Will, is this something? Is this a film you would recommend to people now you've seen it? Yeah, definitely. I, I would. I would even. This is probably one of the only horror films that I would probably happily watch again as well and enjoy Ooh, it. High praise. Because typically, I yeah, I never want to think about them ever again. But um, <laughs> this this was so fun, and I didn't even really think about the gore as gore because it's so. It's so over the top and it's so it's it's not the remotest bit real, only in a sort of a tangential, sort of slightly abstract way that 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 touches you just enough to gross you out, but not enough to really disturb you. So I would I would happily recommend it to anyone. It has a nice PG story structure to it as well. Mm. Of like progressing to the you know, you start off with just odd things happening in Act One. In Act Two, you start to get a sense of the problem, and things started to boil along. Act Three, you confront the final boss and realize have some self actualization. You know, that's I'm sure there's a Dora the Explorer film that's pretty much has the same plot. Um, it, you know, it strikes me as a very approachable, accessible sort of way to put together a story. Yeah, it's also just the underlying morality of the film seems mm. pretty sound. Like it's it's. It, which is, you know, obviously the opposite to the sadness, which feels like it, it has no no <laughs> it morality, has no morality <laughs> whatsoever, yeah. and it, it's actively trying to challenge your morality at every turn. Mm. Whereas, whereas this is very, um, it's such a nice film underneath all the all the gore because it's you know the bad people get punished and they're the ones that suffer the most and like and and it's the same way that he teases you with the baby, like he's he's not really going to do it with the baby. Uh, because he knows that you find the baby cute, but he's but he's willing to kind of take you to the edge and, um, you know, make you think that he might do it. But you know, I, when I was watching it, I mean, I can see why you were disturbed. But when I was watching it, I was like, he's not going to do that. He's not going to do it. He really is a gorgeous filmmaker. And <laughs> <laughs> scene. Uh, This was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?